coming down the aisle at a combined weight of 545 pounds it is B hyphen handsome Bane the WrestleCast Power Hour! Alright guys. Let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the WrestleCast Power Hour. I am one half of the best podcast tag team in the world. B hyphen. And I'm by myself today. And that's for good reason. Well, one, Handsome Bane's done like four episodes by himself. He's done two with guests and he's done two solo. So he's making me look bad. But besides all that, I am a team player if if I am anything. And I am going to just take the words of Ted Lasso. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe my way through this pie because I got something to talk about. So... You may have heard, you may have heard that CM Punk returned to the professional wrestling world after seven years, two Fridays ago, on AEW Rampage, their new Friday night show. And as you heard on our season premiere, I was ecstatic over the moon. I have waited so long for CM Punk to return, to come back, to make an impact, to rampage through the building with dynamite and give it to the competition raw. Okay, I'm sorry. And then here he was. You know, it had been rumored for weeks. I ignored the rumors with bated breath because I didn't want to be disappointed again. Last time I think I really got disappointed was... Uh, the first or second all out they did, um, Punk had that signing at, uh, not Star, not Starcade, but he had a signing in Chicago and it was like a big punk weekend and everybody thought that if anything, maybe he'll pop up, show up, do a little something. He did not. And he's, he continued to stay away. Also in CM Punk news, I just saw that his second fight he ever had got overturned, the decision did. So he is now 0-1 instead of 0-2 because it was a split decision due to the fact that his opponent tested positive for marijuana. (laughs) Just in case anybody was keeping up with UFC CM Punk stuff. Just saw that. But now here we are. It's... A week, like, it's almost two weeks later. And now CM Punk has appeared on Dynamite. CM Punk came out after Rampage on Friday. Talked to the crowd a little bit. Talked to the Milwaukee crowd. After AEW falsely promoted him being on the show. Like, we'll hear from CM Punk and Darby Allin. And we never did. It was apparently a promo package. Yeah, but me and my dad watched it all the way through. Oh, yeah. I went to my dad's this weekend. <laughs> shout, shout out to my dad. He, he, um, You know, Bane took a couple pot shots at him last time. 
Don't do that again. Okay. So we know CM Punk is wrestling on September 5th at All Out. His first professional wrestling match since he walked out of WWE in January 2014 in Pittsburgh at the Royal Rumble that I, I just so happened to be attending, you know. No big deal. Well, he didn't walk out at the Royal Rumble. He walked out the next night in Cleveland is when he left the company. And we all know how the story goes. He was horribly diagnosed by the training staff at WWE. There was lawsuits. He went on Colt Cabana's podcast and trashed WWE. He got his papers that officially fired him on his wedding day, which sucks. Who wants to get fired on a wedding day? Vince even apologized for it in, in, in the public on the Stone Cold um, podcast on the network. But it seemed like forever that we weren't going to get CM Punk back. And a part of me had finally settled into being okay with that. CM Punk is the reason I'm sitting here with you today. All these Rasslecast shows that we've done, all the episodes of my other podcast, Hyphenation, that I've done that involve wrestling, they're directly correlated with CM Punk. I've probably mentioned a few times how I had stopped watching when I went to college, stopped watching professional wrestling, caught some episodes here and there. And it wasn't until, I don't know, 05, 06, definitely by late 06, I started getting the bug again and started watching WWE here and there and catching some TNA. Then in 07 is when I watched the Royal Rumble when Undertaker won. And Undertaker and Sean were the last two in the Royal Rumble. And I was just absolutely floored. And a few months later, I ended up buying the DVD for WrestleMania 23, and I was absolutely floored. So I started peeking in on it every now and then, you know, and kind of picking up the storylines. You know how you know how um, your parents watch soap operas for so long. And there would be times that they would drop off, but then you would come back to the soap opera and you kind of pick back up. Well, surprise, wrestling is one big soap opera. So that's exactly what I did. I just started picking it back up here and there, but never paying too much attention. So I, I liked 08 Randy Orton stuff, so I would watch that. And, you know, just any opportunity I got, I would turn on, but I wasn't like really invested that much, man. And I'd seen this kid, CM Punk, uh, I saw him cashing his money in a bank contract on Edge in 08. Um, I remember watching that, and I think that might have been the very first time I saw a money in the bank contract cashed in. So seeing that and seeing this this guy, CM Punk, suddenly become the world champion was just astounding to me. Like, how did he do that? But I didn't think too much of him after that. And like I said, I was... I had it on, but most of the time I was catching Raw. He ended up going to SmackDown not that long after he dropped the belt. And so I, I didn't I didn't see CM Punk like that. And as the years progressed, um, the Nexus showed up. And, of course, Cena's beating everybody. And then I tweeted something mean at Cena, and he blocked me. And I've been blocked on Twitter ever since. 
and maybe something about punting them in the head, Randy, I don't know, except there was explicit content in there. And <laughs> again, I, I just did not think too much of CM Punk, even though he was doing excellent work with Jeff Hardy. Um, they had a memorable feud around this around this era. The Straighted Society had came around eventually. Completely missed the Straighted Society when it was happening. I remember my my first memory of CM Punk actually doing something of note was in early 2011. He was on the announcer stable. He was calling matches, doing a great job. He was hurt. Then all of a sudden, he stopped being hurt, and he took over the Nexus. He be, and it became the new Nexus. So CM Punk was running Nexus now, and I kept my eye on it. And you know, on the storyline, nothing major really transpired. Ended up feuding with Randy at Mania that year in 2011, and he lost. And you know, I mean, apparently his contract was running out. And WWE was having a hard time lining people up to face John Cena. You know who faced John Cena before the Money in the Bank pay-per-view in June 2011? No offense to the man, but R-Truth had a title shot at Capital Punishment in D.C. Like an honest-to-God WWE championship match. He lost, but that that's how hard up. WWE was for people to face Cena because he had just ran through everybody and they couldn't keep feeding him Randy. (laughs) So I don't know whose idea it was, but it was decided that CM Punk was going to be the number one contender for the WWE Championship and there would be a match at Money in the Bank in 2011. And then the pipe bomb happened. I did not see the pipe bomb live. I don't know how I was doing that evening, but I did not turn roll on that night. I started seeing the internet reacting to the pipe bomb the next day. And seeing people like Bill Simmons, people in the media talking about this promo that CM Punk had dropped and finally I was like alright this this is back in my Blackberry days I was like alright I need to get to a computer and I need to watch this and I sat down and I watched the pipe bomb for the first time and it had such an impact on me because Punk pulled back the curtain he went out there unscripted but he pulled back the curtain on a lot of things that was currently wrong with WWE. In fact, it's still thing that's wrong with WWE. And I had never seen anybody be that outspoken and that real in that way against the company. Now, I was completely worked. They worked the hell out of me. You know how the story goes. He wins the money in the bank. Uh, he works that match without or he gets, he resigns his contract the night of money in the bank. He was working a few dates without a contract to carry on the storyline. Signs a new deal on money in the bank, goes and beats Cena, 
takes off with the title and is not seen again until Cena beats Rey Mysterio for the WWE title a few weeks later on Raw. And then all of a sudden we have a double championship match and then that leads to SummerSlam. One of the reasons why I've always been such a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not only... Okay, I can't lie and say he was a wizard in the in the wing or in the wing. He wasn't a wizard in the wing. He wasn't a wizard in the ring, okay? He was one of the more technically sound wrestlers. He could also tell a great story with his wrestling. But Stone Cold was not the most physically dominant of his time. He wasn't the most he wasn't winning matches typically underhanded. He just had a badass move that Nine times out of ten, if he hits you with it, you're not getting up for him. And that was his whole gimmick. But on top of that, he had the whole F the boss attitude, which just worked worked so well, obviously, in the whole Vince versus Stone Cold feud. But then he also was just a Texas redneck. And a lot of people at home could relate to a Texas redneck. And while I couldn't relate to him being from Texas or being a redneck, I felt like his character was pretty damn real. Aside from him have being able to drive whatever the hell he needed to drive to uh, destroy something like cement trucks and Zambonis and beer trucks and all that stuff. But he was just so real with it. And so if there was ever a place in time where the lines nearly got blurred between what was Real and what was fake, Stone Cold definitely carried that torch. When CM Punk dropped the pipe bomb, he exploded it. And the cool thing was, I had never seen anybody talk like that and then make good on his promise to win the belt. He took off. Like, my man literally showed up at Comic-Con to mess with Hunter (laughs) at Comic-Con. It was all part of the story, but it was freaking brilliant. And we all know what happened. He beats Cena at SummerSlam. El Del Rio cashes in. And then he's supposed to feud with Nash. Nash can't get cleared to wrestle. He loses to Triple H uh, at Night of Champions for kind of no reason. Triple H wrestles Big Show. Uh, and then eventually Punk gets a rematch against Del Rio at, Summer, at Survivor Series. And then he goes on to win or when he goes on to keep the championship for 434 days before dropping it to the rock at the Royal Rumble in 2013. And I never from from the moment the pipe bomb happened, Raw was appointment viewing. It did not matter. My guy was on the show. Which, in case you didn't know, it's it's CM Punk. Raw was appointment viewing. Every Monday, I had Raw on to see Punk. The re- Whatever else happened in the show, fine. I needed to see Punk. And because of that, that's how I got reinvested into wrestling. Was the pipe bomb in 2011. So when Punk left, naturally I was devastated. But I was just waiting for him to eventually... 
signed with another company. Now, there wasn't any AEWs. New Japan was out there. Um, TNA was has was a thing, but Punk didn't have the best experience at TNA, so that that didn't surprise me that he didn't go back there. Ring of Honor was always an option, but Ring of Honor can't pay the same money that he was making in WWE. In fact, there was no company that could compete with WWE. Now, supposedly, Punk is a very frugal dude. Frugal means you save money, right? And he's never had a problem holding on to money, which which is awesome for him. <laughs> so when he left wrestling, he had a nice little stash saved up. And then, you know, he starts find, finding gigs here and there, you know, like writing for Marvel and, you know, speaking appearances. He can do some of those once his uh, 90 days was up. But he, he constantly kept saying, I'm not coming back to wrestling. I'm not coming back to wrestling. And then when he signed the UFC deal, everybody's like, dang, okay, he's going to get knocked around a little bit in UFC. And then and then he'll end up back in wrestling. Well, he did get knocked around a little bit in UFC, and he still did not come back to wrestling. Instead, he pivoted to acting. He got a job doing some commentary for UFC. He did the... Just two years ago, he was working for Fox doing the WWE backstage thing, that show that they were trying to do, which was was very exciting to see him on there. I have a whole episode of Hyphenation just about how I thought Punk was getting ready to come back from him being on backstage and how the lines of communication were open again. And quite possibly, maybe, maybe that gave him the itch a little bit to kind of get back out there. And then... Then this whole thing called the global pandemic happened and nobody moved for like a year. So Punk's just acting and then just keep hearing the rumors like the last, been at least four weeks, four, five weeks now. About CM Punk signing AEW, he's going to be on the August 20th episode of Rampage. CM Punk signing AEW, he's going to be on the August 20th episode of Rampage. Over and over. It's like, I don't, you just don't want to believe it. My heart, couldn't take the idea of him not showing. So I was fully prepared for him not to show. Obviously, CM Punk is all elite. CM Punk is facing Darby Allen in Chicago, September 5th, at All Out. Here comes the hot take. Maybe Punk shouldn't have come back. I'm going to leave a dramatic pause right there. I know it's very early. He's been on TV twice. He's got new merch. He's got called personality with him. Which I I have seen some comments about the music not being exactly like WWE's. I don't know if the static and everything is part of their copyrighted version of Punk's music. I don't even know if they can copyright it because I mean they were they were paying in li- uh, Living Color for the for the music. So 
Yeah, I'd like to have a little static. Yeah, I'd like to have it drop where it used to drop, but it's still pretty cool to see CM Punk coming out to call the personality. It still is. Came out talking about how he retired in 2000 and, uh, 2008. Was it 08 or 05? It was 2005, I believe, when he left Ring of Honor and went to WWE. Talking about how he retired in 05. And how in 2021 he was finally coming back to the thing he loved. And he's going to take on Darby Allen. There's a lot of kick-ass talent in the, back, in the locker room. And, oh, you know who might be coming soon. You just got to wait on it. Which is all super cool. But I've, I've watched a small amount of, of AEW. AEW has collected a decent-sized roster with a lot of talent. And a lot of times, you're not going to see your favorite superstars every single week on AEW. That's not how they work. Instead... They work their talent based on literally what's happening. So with Punk, for example, you have Punk who is facing Darby Allen all out. What are the ramifications? The CM Punk's the the globally revered best in the world, and Darby Allen is the newcomer. So naturally is is punk going to come in here and work a work a perfect match with Darby and then be the springboard for Darby to go even higher to in his wrestling career and just take that L 7 years back punk's just going to come in and and lose cuz cuz here's where people stop being real <laughs> where the when you got to really look at it when the wrestling business just has to interfere. Why would I being CM Punk want to come back after seven years to wrestle knowing that I'm just going to be putting over younger talent for the most part? I mean, I'm sure the paycheck is great. I'm sure he has limited dates. I'm sure he might even have a little control over what happens with his, what happens to him on screen. He'd be a nut job not to have those things to come back. Big money, little creative control. And then he doesn't want to soil his legacy, but I, I feel like the way they're going he might just be soiling that legacy, man, because it's kind of like when, to me, when Mike went out, man, in 93, and he's like, I, I retire in October 93. And yeah, Mike came back and won three more championships after he retired. But when the Magic beat the Bulls in the 95 playoffs, we all were kind of thinking maybe MJ should have stayed and played baseball. So maybe CM Punk should have not come back to wrestling. 
I think right about here is good. This is me, your favorite producer, Uncensored Mike, and I'd like to tell you guys about my new show, The Soapbox on Isla Pal. It has me, it has my friends, and it has your favorite people who you don't even know yet. Come listen to us and meet some new folks. That's it. He's 42 years old. He's going to be 43 in October. Has not wrestled that we know of in seven years. Because who knows? Like, there was that rumor a few years back about him being on that house show. Uh, He had the mask on. But there was never any confirmation if that was actually him. So... Even if he is in full training mode and he seems to still be healthy, he still is hanging out at Rufus Sport, apparently, because he, for the first time, at least in a while that I've noticed, he actually posted um, to a story a picture of him being at Rufus Sport. So he's still hanging out up there. So he's in shape, but ring shape and in shape is two different things. Ask Goldberg. So... I I don't know, man. Like, if he if he comes back, and he beats Darby, and then he's just they book him as this unbeatable myth, myth mythological wrestler, which we've all which is the standard that we've held him to. If they book him like that, then he's gonna start tearing through everybody in the company. And next thing you know, you gotta put him up against Omega or whoever's carrying the AEW championship at some point. And I see people mad that Christian came back and won the Impact Championship. He used to wrestle for that company. It kind of makes sense for them to do that, especially if Christian wants to wrestle, which Christian wants to wrestle. WWE didn't want to pay Christian to wrestle. He went somewhere where he was going to get paid to wrestle. I definitely don't think we're going to see a version of CM Punk like we did before. I think those days are long behind us. We're going to see Punk at some pay-per-views. He's going to have pay-per-views where he's not wrestling. He's going to have a lot of of rampages and dynamites where he doesn't show up because he doesn't have to. Do I mean he he has that heel show he's on? Um, that I have not checked out. It's on. It's uh, from Stars. He has that going on among his other endeavors. He he still wants to be at home with AJ and Larry, man. So there's gonna be a lot of times where he's Punk's not gonna be around like that. So even if he's being booked as this unstoppable force of wrestling nature, he's not gonna be around. So he can't be seeing Punk and win the championship and then take a few weeks off just because he wanted to be in Chicago and didn't feel like traveling or whatever's going on at that time. Because then he would be just like them. Because one of his biggest problems with the WWE 
was when the older wrestlers would come back in and take spots away from the younger wrestlers, mainly cutting into his time. But then also, Punk would see the the younger wrestlers who were just not getting on TV and getting that experience because this big star came back this week or they're they're in the middle of a feud and so they're going to be here for a few weeks and this other person's losing out and then eventually they lose their job. That never sat well with Punk. And AEW is not at the point where they're releasing people. They're still building a roster. But how do you hire CM Punk to essentially be a goodwill ambassador for all elite wrestling? Now, this is very, very early in the plan, obviously. Very early. I don't know what the future may hold. CM Punk but I have a feeling it's not good because this is what's going to happen this is what I feel like will happen he will go to All Out um, him and Darby will have a decent match and uh, honestly like there's no shame in him losing his first match back like he, he'll probably lose the match to Darby but then what? So you come back to much fanfare. You lose the Darby to make him look good. Made yourself look a little bad because CM Punk lost to Darby Allen his first match back. But again, it's his first match back in seven years. It's not going to affect him too much. But then what do you do? Just kind of pop up when you want and wait to see what wrestler wants to wrestle you? Are you going to get it like an MJF feud? Are we going to get... Are we just going to go through the list? Are we going to get some Young Bucks matches? You're going to get a tag team partner, Punk? Is it going to be you and Brian Danielson um, taking on the Bucks, CM Punk? And you're just like, oh, man, so good to be wrestling again. Let me take this check, you know? That's not CM Punk I want to see. And... Ultimately, I don't know if that's the CM Punk that he wants to be. As great as face and happy CM Punk is, and as much adulation and fanfare that the beginning of his 434-day run as WWE Champion got, it really started for me on Raw 1000 when he turned on The Rock. Everything that Punk did from Raw 1000 until he dropped, matter of fact, until he lost to Undertaker at Mania in 2013 was my favorite run. He was just a heel. He was mean. I mean, he had the shield uh, helping him win matches. Even though we never got the reveal that he was behind it officially. He would come out and just talk all the shit in the world with Heyman next to him, man. He just looked made with the bald head and the goatee, the paranoid eyes and that gold around his waist, man. He he just looked like somebody who had been through hell and back and was going to do anything to keep you from getting this WWE championship. And that run was incredible. And then they took it away from us. They they made him a face. And then they wanted him to feud with Heyman. Which did give us 
Brock versus Punk at SummerSlam, his last great match. But after that, a whole bunch of confusing matches leading up to his concussion at the Rumble. Did AEW really pay this man all this money just to say we have CM Punk on our side? Which, again, is a, it's a big power move, but CM Punk doesn't make you a true competitor. CM Punk five years ago? Maybe. CM Punk three years ago? Absolutely. Or sorry, CM Punk. Let's see, so seven, no, five years ago, three years ago, yes, five years ago, yes. Three years ago, maybe, five years ago, yeah. Y'all know what I'm saying. I just, I just don't want to see, I just don't want to see it. Him go out like that, man, because even if he has, I don't know how long the contract is. I haven't looked if it's even out there. Even if he is the consummate professional for, let's say, a two-year contract he signed, and he goes out there and he he shows up when he's supposed to show up and wins when he wins, loses when he loses, you know, the the crowd pop isn't always going to be there. Chicago was special. But... You can't bank on the crowd exploding every time they hear that music if you don't keep the man fresh and interesting. Which is why I have to say what I would do. First and foremost, Punk has to turn on Darby Allen. He he has to be a heel. Has to be. So you can you can do all this, yeah, I got a lot of respect for him and the stinger. You know, do all that all the way up to September 5th, and then Punk has to turn heel. Punk has to be a heel. And then when Punk comes to explain his actions, Punk be like, I don't give a fuck. That's why. <laughs> all the all this time, I've I've been gone and y'all been begging for me to come back. And now I'm back. And you know I'm finally going to do things my way. I'm not going to be told, I'm not going to be told what this what needs to be done here. I'm not going to be told, I'm not going to be told that this story needs to be done. I'm not going to be told. When to go wrestle, I do everything on my time. So when I show up, I show up. When I want the mic, I get the mic. When I want a match, I'll have a match. And I will do anything in my pot in my power to make sure that at the end of the match, I'm still the best in the world. That's how you book punk as an evil heel. And then you take him away. You have to treat him like a fighter, like a real fighter. So, he doesn't have to be at every show. You advertise him when he's there, obviously. You have him come in, set up whatever, say whatever he wants to say, feud with whatever he wants to feud, and then you let him go. You utilize him as little as possible. You know how when Lesnar shows up on WWE, it feels like a big fight, even though it's a wrestling match, because we don't see Lesnar all the time. You got to do that with Punk. You have to make him an attraction that needs to be seen. If you don't do that, you're just going to lose all the hype, and he's just going to be another wrestler on the roster 
and eventually he might end up being somebody who is holding the championship belt just because he's CM Punk. If you do it my way, you could ultimately put the championship belt on him and make it count. And then there's that thought, what if what if he's just trash? What if he gets in a ring and he just doesn't got doesn't have it anymore, man? Like what if what if he just never get, gets gets back to that point? Because I mean, honestly, from he he was at peak, he was at his peak in the mid two thousands, but from twenty eleven all the way through, um, probably after SummerSlam. So for two years, like Punk was one of the most consistent wrestlers ever. And when you just take that away, or if you take that away, you make him a step slower, or what What if he gets a nagging injury? It's just like there's so many things that could just go wrong. Like, I don't, I'm not going to knock with the wood here. I'm not thinking he's going to have a major injury, but it, it, it could happen. The, the man is about to be 43. And I know there's wrestlers who wrestled for longer than that and older than that and all that stuff. But... I don't think Punk is that guy to do that. If Punk can't go like he wants, Punk's not going to keep wrestling. He'll find other ways to fulfill his contract, but he, he's not going to wrestle. And the, the one thing that you can hold up for sure about CM Punk, even if people are saying he's overrated or I don't like him or think he's a jackass, you can hold his wrestling abilities up against any mirror, and he's got it. He has it. He's always had it. Does not matter the size opponent. Does not matter how defeated he looks in the ring. He knows how to wrestle a wrestling match. If he doesn't have that anymore, that's going to hurt to watch. It's going to be a real sad day for me. So, so we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm excited, but I'm also cautiously optimistic. Shout out to the homie Anthony, man. Because as ready as I am to see Punk come back and wrestle on a consistent basis and be in storylines and, and, and get on that microphone and make magic happen. Oddly enough, the magic hasn't been there yet when he's on the microphone. And... Him thinking the crowd was awesome when he came back. That was an amazing moment. But he, he, you know, it was like, he's here. CM Punk's here. And then it's like, oh, and then CM Punk's leaving. He challenged Darby Allen. That, that's it. Oh, CM Punk's here. He's like, oh, it's Tony Shimani. Always wanted you to introduce me. It's punk. 
but it, it just doesn't, it's just not, just not hitting yet, man. But he's only had two attempts so far. We have two more shows before All Out. And I'll guarantee that CM Punk will be on one of them. And then we'll see what happens at All Out. But I'm teensy bit concerned that despite the fact that I'm over the moon that Punk is back, I'm concerned that it won't be the same. And I need it to be the same. I don't need it to be the same, but, you know, it's my guy. I don't want to see him fail. So that's my hopes, dreams, and fears about CM Punk in a nutshell. And I'm going to end this podcast with a quick thought about the return of another WWE superstar. Actually, two WWE. And that would be one Becky Lynch. While I have concerns over how she beat Bianca, because of how quickly it was, and the fact that just like Kofi, Bianca got screwed, a person of color got screwed out of the a championship in record time, because reasons... After that pop at SummerSlam and seeing her win and everything, I was like, all right, I want to see what she has to say on SmackDown. She came out on SmackDown and she started with this fire promo, pre-meow, fire promo. And she's like, y'all thought I fought hard before. Wait till you see how I fight now that I'm a mother and I have more to fight for. And I was like, okay, yeah, she's hitting the right notes. She's hitting the right notes. And then Bianca came out and I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna jump right back to the Bianca uh, Bianca Becky thing. We're gonna really build up to this match, and then Carmella showed up, and Zelina Vegas showed up, and then Liv Morgan showed up, and all of a sudden it's like okay, well obviously they're gonna have a a match to see who number one contender is. Obviously, and Becky just stood there the whole time, just kind of waiting patiently. And Bianca finally looks over to Becky after after the women had been arguing about who was going to face Becky or not. And Bianca says, how, how about it, Becky? Me and you tonight, right here on SmackDown. And Becky literally raises her mic up and goes, nah. And then she, Jefferson shuffles off to the back. Like, she really said, nah. Nah, fam. Not tonight. Nah, not tonight. I know (laughs) it can only get better. And I know that if she's working heel, she needs a strong face, which Bianca can totally be. But having all that fanfare and having her come out first thing at the top of SmackDown with the belt and taught and start out that promo. And then was like, you want to fight tonight? And it's like, nah, not tonight. 
Dang, Beck. Sounds like you got something else you'd rather do then. Gotta gotta go feed Rue. You gotta um I don't know. Gotta gotta watch some Ted Lasso. Uh that which is a good choice. Um, I don't know when a new episode's come out because I'm just finishing up season one, but maybe maybe you gotta get home and watch Lasso. Um you know, maybe you want to have a good seat for um Seth and Seth didn't even wasn't even actually live at the show. It seemed like he just cut a promo. Um, so I mean, you didn't even have to be there for that. You probably wouldn't kicked it with Seth. It's cool, but I'm skeptical on Becky too, man. Nah, not tonight. I have more faith that she'll get there than uh, Punk getting there, though. But that's it. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to stretch this out. I, I, I've worried about Punk enough. I told you all my thoughts on Becky Lynch. This is the Rasslecast Power Hour. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do it, though. I'm going to go ahead and do the thing. I'm going to open up the vaults of the Razzlecast Power Hour Hall of Fame. This man, after all these years, still found a way to be a part of the best match that happened at SummerSlam. And after watching that match and seeing that entrance... And seeing him fight Roman at Extreme Rules. And seeing him fight Roman at WrestleMania. And his comeback last year. And seeing him win the Royal Rumble this year. What am I saying? To see him go through all that. After all this time. After he wasn't even supposed to be here anymore. I have to put in the Rated R Superstar Edge into the Rasslecast Power Hour Hall of Fame. Also, one of my aforementioned 20 greatest wrestlers of all time. Congratulations, Edge. You continue to find ways to innovate even after you're supposed to been never wrestle again. So... Kudos to you, my friend. Welcome into the Rasslecast Hall of Fame. It's long overdue. I need to check my list. What if I just nominated somebody who's already in the... Hold on. I gotta check my list. It'd be my luck that I already put somebody in who's on the... Hold on. That's season two. Okay. So mine... I'm bringing up my list right now. Okay. So, no. Edge is not in there. So, welcome, Edge. So glad to have you here. Long overdue. Keep doing you, man. Can't wait to see what you do next. You can stay around for as long as you like. Okay, now that that's out of the way, because I just 
it, it needed to be done. Now that that's out of the way, we will return to our regularly scheduled WrestleCast programming our next episode. I will be back with Handsome Bane, with the handsome one, and we will give you the best podcast there is, the best podcast there was, and the best podcast ever will be when it comes to wrestling, just like we always do. Secretaries will see you out. I've been B hyphen. Thank you to all you sweaty marks that listened. And to you non-sweaty marks too. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks, y'all. You can find Behyphen at Behyphen on Twitter and the Behyphen on Instagram. Follow Handsome Bane on Twitter and Instagram at ILA underscore POW. The Rassel Cast Power Hour is a hyphen podcast group production. Smell your later, sweaty marks. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?